This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I'm very glad to have you with me today. I am going to be talking about on this episode, parent self-care, how important that truly is for parents of kids with ADHD, with other um, diagnoses or disabilities, Um you know, when your child has a disability, you are working very hard at taking care of them, much, much harder and more stress, more time, more energy than parents who have a very um, sort of traditional, normal, if you want to call it that, parenting experience. So when you're parenting a child with ADHD, autism, learning disabilities, even physical disabilities, um, medically fragile, it takes a lot more time, effort, emotion, um, mental capacity, cognitive ability, all of it is really extra taxed when you have a child with special needs. And so a lot of parents really don't prioritize their own care. And I certainly am guilty of that myself. You know, for a long time, I thought that being a good parent meant that I put my child first in every regard, in every respect, every day. And that really isn't the case because what happens when we do that is our fuel supply runs to empty, right? And suddenly we don't have the capability to keep going at that same pace and rigor as we need to be for our children. And so what's really important is that you realize that you can only do your best for your child, for your family, for any others in your life by doing your best for yourself, taking care of yourself. You know, the oxygen mask theory is often used in discussions about self-care for parents. And I think it's a really important visual and really important analogy to really understanding how vital self-care can be. And, you know, most of you have probably been on an airplane before and, you know, before takeoff, the flight attendant, um, stewardess stands up before you and says different um, things that you need to know about the overhead compartments and your electronics and all of these things. And they also um, tell you that if there is an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to drop down. And then they make a point to tell you that you must put it on yourself first even if you have kids, even if you're, you know, going with your 95-year-old grandma somewhere on a vacation, it has to go on you first, which I have always cringed when I heard them say that. And I'm sure a lot of you have as well, because it really seems to defy what 
we have come to know of parenting and, you know, of caring for kids and elderly and, and people who are not maybe as able as we are. But what happens is if you take all the oxygen masks for all these other people and you're helping them put them on, how many people are you going to help before your oxygen runs out and you are completely useless to anyone else? Um, a lot less people than if you had thrown your oxygen mask on first, then you have this sustained ability to help a lot of other people. And I think that that's, you know, a really powerful analogy. If you're running out of oxygen, what good are you going to do to other people? Or if you're running out of fuel, you know, a lot of parents just eat here and there they grab you know their kids leftover chicken nuggets that they didn't eat or what have you they're always eating on the run in the car between soccer practice and school pickup and band recital and so they're not taking good care of their bodies either a lot of times um I'm pretty guilty of that one too because I feel like I don't have enough time to eat right and think about it. Sometimes I just have to go and wing it. But um, as with a lot of our kids, if we're really hungry, it can make us grouchy. It can make us irritable, not as compassionate and empathetic with our kids, which then can, of course, turn to meltdown and a million other kind of catastrophic um, consequences there. So it's just so valuable in so many aspects. And when I say self-care, I don't mean taking a weekend to go to Vegas with your girlfriends or spending an entire day at the spa with a bill of $600 after you had all the spa services. Um, I mean, just even the littlest things can be self-care. If all you can get is five minutes locked in the bathroom alone, then take it. Take what you can get, but also work on making more making more opportunities for your own self-care as well. So let's think about some things. A lot of times budget seems to be a real barrier to self-care for a lot of parents. There are so many things that you can do that are free or cost very little that can really help you to recharge. And especially if you're doing these things that um, don't cost much or don't take much time, you can do them daily or almost daily and really give yourself that little break to have some peace and to reconnect and be more mindful. So for instance, things that you can do that cost little to nothing, you could go for a walk. Maybe every evening after dinner, you go for a walk for 10 minutes by yourself. You could like I said, hide out and lock yourself in one of the rooms in the house and just sit and breathe and try to recharge a little bit. You could get a book from the library and spend 10 minutes a day 
just reading something that's for you. Now, I don't mean self-help books as far as parenting kids with special needs. I mean something that truly speaks to you that is for you and nobody else. A good novel, um, a book on something that you're interested in. Another thing that can be done with little to no money, I guess, depending on what your hobby is. But there are lots of hobbies and crafting sort of things that you can do. And you can spend just a little bit of time on them. I know a lot of people who knit because it's very relaxing and it helps them to kind of slow down their mind. And a lot of those people will do that in the evenings after their kids go to bed, maybe while they're watching TV or something. Um, I think it's okay to leave the dirty dishes in the sink at night. And I know some of you are going to gasp in shock and horror right now, but you have to have some time for yourself to decompress every day. And if the only place that you can get that time is the last 30 minutes of the day before you go to bed, then you need to take those 30 minutes for yourself. They should not be doing dishes. They should not be mopping floors, um, doing laundry. You need to have some time that is about you and not about anybody else. There are other things like I, for one, enjoy a good cup of coffee. I also enjoy chocolate and dessert, cake. So one idea for me or somebody with those same um, comforts from food might be to go and take your book and go to Starbucks or the local bakery and have a cup of coffee and read for a few minutes. It really doesn't have to be a long time. I don't care if you can't even read a whole chapter The point is that you're taking time for yourself, whatever that looks like that works for you. So you could certainly have a spa weekend with your adult friends. You could certainly, you know, go on a husband and wife or partner relationship um, vacation, but not everybody has the ability to do that. And so you have to find what works for you within that ability. I want to point out too some of the reasons why self-care can be so effective. Um, For instance, like I mentioned a minute ago, if we get hungry, we're grumpy. There are a lot of ways that not taking care of ourselves, not doing anything for ourselves can really affect our mood. And that really affects our kids and our families. You know, if I'm in a bad mood, then I'm probably not going to handle my son's struggles or issues that afternoon with empathy and compassion and mindfulness. I might snap or yell. So, you know, even in that way, even if you're not thinking about it as being good to yourself, you have to recognize that being good to yourself makes you good to others as well. It's so important and it's so powerful. So if I am just run down ragged and I don't have the energy to do anything because all week I've been running the kids, I've been doing chores, I've been working every day and I haven't had any time to recuperate or recharge then that day that I am completely on empty and I have nothing left to give, my kids might have needed me for something. And so my 
not taking care of myself is now negatively affecting my children or my family. So you see how important it really is to to do for yourself, to feel good about yourself. You know, a lot of parents, especially moms, feel like they've kind of lost themselves. There's an essay in um, the book, Easy to Love But Hard to Raise, that I wrote about not really knowing who I was anymore because everything was about ADHD. Everything was about my kids and about family finances and work and all of these other things. And nothing felt like it was about me. I couldn't figure out what I was anymore, what I was interested in, outside of just being a mom. That was my identity. And I've really worked hard to shift that some. And of course, that is the biggest part of my life is being a parent. And that's okay. And that's, um, I think, worthy of that. But you can't do it at the expense of yourself, at the at the detriment of your own um, happiness and your own interests, what drives you, what you know gives you motivation to keep going. Those things are really, really important. Um, another thing that I think is really important for self-care for parents is to communicate with other parents who have a similar brand of special parenthood. So other parents with kids with ADHD or kids with high-functioning autism, or if your child has um, anxiety is really their biggest struggle, um, you know, find other people who are going through a similar parenting struggle, a similar parenting journey, and just share with each other and support each other. That is huge for your own maintenance, your own um, abilities to be happy and to be resilient in this parenthood. So, it doesn't really have to be somebody local. It doesn't have to be someone you get together with or a group that you get together with in person, face-to-face. I started out with support online, especially on Facebook. You know, when my son was first struggling, I started Googling his symptoms because we didn't even have a diagnosis yet. But I wanted to find other people who were going through this and I wanted to know what they were doing that was helpful for them, what was working in their families. And I wanted to know that there were other people who were struggling like me. And then once we had a diagnosis, you know, I was blogging and people were coming and finding me and sharing their stories and experiences. And then I got on Facebook and I tell you, Facebook has a lot of pages and support groups for parents of kids with ADHD. And it is so impactful to see that people are having similar struggles, that they understand what your life is like, they understand what you're going through. It really does make a very big difference for your own self-worth and self-confidence. And I think parents of kids with special needs, especially in invisible special needs, really need that. They need that connection with others to help them to understand that they didn't do anything wrong, it's not their fault, and there are other people in the world who get it. So that's really valuable. I 
had been, you know, on these different blogs and websites for a while and had been interacting with some other parents on Facebook and a few moms and I started talking about, wouldn't it be great if we could all get together in person? Because there are, you know, 10 to 20 people that you will see repeatedly who are very active in these communities. And so this was a couple of people who I had been around virtually online for quite some time. And we just started talking about how great it would be if we could get together and see each other in person and give each other a hug and talk about how to take care of ourselves better and how to take care of our kids better. And so the Happy Mama Conference and Retreat was born out of that. Myself and Adrian Bashista, who is... Um, the publisher of Easy to Love But Hard to Raise, and a friend, Amy Coffey, who lives about an hour and a half down the road from me, we decided, hey, let's just try it. Let's see. Let's throw something together, put it online, invite people, and see what happens. And our first year, which was six years ago now, we had 40 moms there. We had a few speakers, and it was delightful, for lack of a better word. It just was so comforting to be surrounded by people who get it, to be surrounded by parents, moms, because we do restrict it to moms only, to be around these other moms who we aren't going to judge us. We can be very honest about our feelings and about the struggles that we're happy we're having in our lives and with our children and they get it and they um, offer hugs and support and I'm so sorry and I, I get it. I understand what that's like and I can't even begin to express how powerful that really is. It is... Um, really supportive and the more support you have the better you're taking care of yourself really um if I didn't express that in the best way but um you know your your spirit just feels better when you're supported in what you're going through and so, you know, like I said, this year, May 5th through 7th, is our sixth annual Happy Mama Retreat. And it has really turned into a community. That is really what the conference and retreat is about now. It's about having some time for yourself to work on yourself, to find some peace for a while. And it's about connecting with other people who share your struggles and who are going to be there for you. And so now the retreat has kind of morphed um, a little bit away from as much of a conference. We still have speakers and stuff, but we also do um, a big afternoon break for a spa visit or napping or just sitting and hanging out with other moms. Um we have lots of other activities that we do. We have a social one evening and it's in a really peaceful setting. So you can go for that walk and get rejuvenated. And, you know, it's just been a really big positive thing in the lives of a lot of moms. Um, we have probably at least five or six, if not more, who come every year or nearly every year. And it's, you know, they count down the days and they can't, um, 
wait to get that recharge and that connection, we often feel very isolated as parents of kids with special needs. And so having that connection, even if it's only one weekend a year, it's very valuable. It will fuel you for quite some time. And we um, keep in touch on a closed Facebook group. And, you know, a lot of these moms are now really good friends. They talk, they visit. Um, It's just so powerful. I can't um, express how much gratitude I have that we took the leap and we started it and that we've been able to keep it going now for six years and hopefully for many years to come. And every year we have new moms that come in and join us for the weekend and feel so fortunate and so um, supported when they leave the retreat. Um, And our speakers are talking about self-care for moms not the care of our children. You know, we're not talking, we we can certainly talk about special needs and all of those things when we um, network and hang out together. But the focus of our speakers is not on our children and our children's needs. It's on how to take care of ourselves in an appropriate way. And in a way that works for us based on our time or our budget or what have you. So, of course, I invite every listener here to join us at the Happy Mama Retreat. It's in Asheville, North Carolina. We've have had moms from as far as the western coast of Canada, um, California, Texas, Minnesota, um, New York, all over the place, and they all come together, and you will definitely leave with a lot more friends than you came with. And most of the people who have joined us over the years tend to come back over and over because it's such a great experience. So if you want to join us this year or in another year um, after 2017, you can go to ifmamaainthappy.com and it's if-mama-ain't-happy.com and I will certainly list that link in the show notes as well for you to pop over there. Um, As far as timing for the 2017 retreat, April 4th is the last day to register for the retreat and be able to attend this year. Uh, You can certainly sign up on the website, subscribe, and get um, announcements and future Um, registration and so forth for future years of the retreat. But what I want um, really to impress upon you in this episode is how important your self-care is, no matter how you do it, what what that looks like for you. Um, You just have to make time for it. And I think, you know, if you're just waiting for this spare moment somewhere, it's probably never going to happen. If you can't ever seem to get a little bit of time for yourself, schedule it. Say every day at 8 p.m., I get 30 minutes for what I need to do. Or 
every other Saturday, I go and get a massage or, you know, once a month I go and I have coffee with these other moms that have a similar journey in their parenting and who get me and support me. Um, whatever it looks like, I just want you to commit to yourself to do it because you will see a transformative value in your family. It will reflect on your kids. And the last point I want to make about self-care is this is what you're modeling for your children. You're the example of what they think adulthood is like, what they think parenthood is like. So if you're always ragged, if you never take care of yourself at all, if your kids' needs always come first, you know, you're running around in dirty yoga pants and your hair in a ponytail for four days, then that's what you're teaching your kids that adulthood and parenthood is about. And I guarantee you that is not the message that you want to give your children. You want them to know that even as an adult and even as a parent, their individual person has value and importance. So I want you to really think about that. If you're struggling with making the time to take care of yourself or the idea of putting your needs first sometimes, think about what that is saying to your children, what they are taking away from that. It's really important that that is a positive, um, a positive message that your kids are getting, not a negative one. I think that was really the turning point for me. That was a point at which I could say to myself, this really is important. I want to show my children that I have value and me as my own person is very important too. Um, especially for my daughter. I really didn't want her to think that nobody else mattered but her. Um, and she already kind of struggled with some of that. So I realized that I needed to be giving her a better message about self-care and about um, how important that is in our lives and especially in our adulthood. So if you don't take anything else away from this, get those five minutes locked in the bathroom every day. I just want you to do something to recharge, to kind of recenter your mindfulness and to do something for yourself so that you don't get lost and so that your um, poor existence, for lack of a better term, is not the model for your children. So as I said, I will leave some information and a link about the Happy Mama Retreat in the show notes. I will list some other self-care ideas there for you as well as what I've talked about today. And, you know, Type a comment in there, leave some feedback, and tell me what you're going to start doing to take care of yourself. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. If you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit the website parentingadhdandautism.com for so much more on successfully raising kids with ADHD. Be sure to check out the podcast section as well for previous shows. Join us next time for more parenting strategies and insights that actually work for kids with ADHD.